In the northernmost reaches of the frozen wastes, beyond the deep and dark pine forests, where ice was king and snow his queen, lay the small hunting town of Ginsburg. Every year, on the same night, all doors were bolted and lamps put out early, for on that night a monster returned to stalk the land and wreak death upon anyone who dared venture into the dark beyond the town walls. The townsfolk had long since stopped taking their chances, and because of this, the beast had not spilled blood in many years. Some of the younger ones wouldn't have believed in the beast at all, had it not left hoofprints in the snow for all to see. The creature's last victims had been taken some generations ago, and the survivors of that ill-fated hunt were all now dead, claimed by time. The stories survived where the elders had not passed down from parent to child. The thing was huge, it was said, shaggy and misshapen, yet quick as the devil, whether it was running on four legs or two. Its neck carried the weight of its great black antlers, sharper than any blade, and which had gored and sliced many a foolish warrior. The antlers crowned its long face above its two slitted, glowing yellow eyes. It lacked the fangs for cutting, but its jaws were powerful, and could open a soft body easily enough for the squared tombstones that were its teeth to gnash and dig and grind down whatever meat it tore away from its squealing prey. It was always gone by morning's first light. Where it disappeared too was as much a mystery as from whence it came. So the townsfolk stayed within their homes on that night, and waited for the thing in the woods to come and go before they ventured out into the dawn again, safe for another year to tend their small herds, to fish, to hunt, to live. Three brothers, Ginsburg, born and bred, had grown up with the stories like every other child in the town. But for them, hiding away wasn't good enough. Against the will of their peers, the three brothers decided that the beast could and would be slain by their hands, and its head taken as a trophy for the whole town. Heedless as they were to warnings, they did not take their quest lightly. The brothers trained harder than they had trained for anything in their whole lives. They practiced with spears and threw javelins. They ran down wild boar and caught them in nets before wrestling them to the ground. They boxed one another day in, day out, to make sure they were tough enough to face the beast. The days grew shorter, the temperature continued to drop, and the long night ahead drew ever closer until, finally, it was time. The village gates were opened at dusk, and the brothers made their way through, armed with their spears and nets, and not one caved to the urge to look back as the gates were closed behind them. They would not open again before morning. The three of them had been told as much, and expected nothing else. Visibility was poor, even with their lanterns. 
The snow was a flickering white wall around them while they were in the open. But when they reached the forest edge, the trees themselves were so thick, and it was so dark, that seeing much more than a few feet ahead was all but impossible. They pressed on, and eventually managed to find a clearing they thought suitably large in which to lure the beast and still allow them to move freely. One brother ventured off to set up a perimeter of bells attached to twine around the outside of the clearing that would serve as a warning when the thing came near. One brother sharpened their spears, while the other pulled out a hunk of raw fish and left it on the ground in the hope that the beast would smell it and be drawn toward the food. It was laden with a poison the brothers had surmised might give them an edge in any forthcoming battle. The two brothers in the clearing suddenly realised that they could no longer hear their brother's bells. They called out to the darkness as loudly as they dared, but he did not reply. Instead, a savage thing broke the silence, a guttural roar that shook them from their feet onto the ground and snow from the branches around them. As they frantically stood and tried to ready themselves, two yellow, circular lights blinked on from the tree line, and then it charged. They took up their spears as the massive beast thundered towards them, crashing through the low-hanging branches as it came into the clearing. They could just make out its growing shape as it approached, a hulking monster gaining on them with each passing second. Amidst its bellowing and the thumping of its hoofs, they heard their brother's bells jingling in time with its gallops. The younger of the two couldn't stand it. Now that it was real, this vast, unimaginable nightmare bearing down on them, his will broke. He dropped his spear and ran back to the trees the way they had came, in a blind panic, ignoring the other's rallying calls that quickly turned to screams. Before long, the young one stopped running and caught his breath. He was suddenly awash with guilt. He had turned tail and left his brother to face the monstrosity alone. He was a coward. He turned back again, his shame winning out over his fear and spurring him on as he made his way back to the clearing in the hope that he might find one of his kin alive. The snow had stopped, he saw, as he drew close to the clearing's edge, and the full moon was high above to illuminate the scene. As he craned his neck around one of the trees, he wished for the darkness to return. His brothers were dead. One was gored on the thing's terrible antlers, and his lifeless limbs wobbled about as the creature fed, his warning bells tangled in them too, and jingling with each bite. The other brother, the one he had abandoned, lay before the creature on his back in the scarlet slush as its maw rooted around in his open chest and tore strips of his insides away. The monster's size betrayed its legend. It was hunched in its feeding, but the last brother reckoned it would have stood as tall as three men standing on its hind legs. It was thick with powerful muscle, its neck strong enough to carry the black antlers and his brother's body with little effort. Its great yellow eyes suddenly rested upon him, and they looked at each other. It raised its head, 
and he saw its face was like that of a twisted forest animal, long of snout, with slitted nostrils. It was like a monstrous deer, a devil deer, and the blood of his brother dripped away from its mouth, as its snout unstuck from its meal, and it rose to its full height before him. This thing, reddened with his brother's heart, red-toothed, red-tongued, red-nosed, stood unmoving, the crimson that doused its hide steaming away into the night. With his brothers dead, the last one ran again, and this time did not stop until he made it all the way back to the town gates, where they found him in the morning, a frozen statue cowering against the wood. The townsfolk resumed their yearly rituals of locking the gates and doors and blowing out their candles long before the witching hour, and nobody ever ventured out on that night again.